When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. DNBR Buffs Live. My name is Jake Schwanitz, the host and beat reporter for DNBR Buffs. Today I am joined with Ryan Konigsberg. We are going to talk a lot about the Buffs today, also some realignment stuff, uh, fun games planned, RK. I should also mention off the top, we are presented by the American Raptors. The American Raptors are Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team with athletes that have competed at the highest level of their respective sports. Best thing about American Raptors is their games are free. Head over to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free tickets for the upcoming season. RK, how you doing, man? Good, man. I can't believe we're like, what, nine nine days away? It's it's getting close. Uh, from Buffs football. I mean, obviously this weekend you've got week zero, which I feel like it was greatly undersold to me how many games there are. Like, you've mm-hmm. got a whole slate on Saturday. It's yeah. not all... It's not all great stuff, but I feel like there's actually some good value on the underdog, so we'll talk about that. Exactly. We'll get to that at the end of the show. We're going to start off today talking about realignment. It's been a huge topic all off season, and it's kind of popping up as we're headed towards the season right now. On Monday, as I talked about on uh, Monday's DMVR Buff show, Brett McMurphy of the Action Network reported that Oregon initiated preliminary discussions with the Big Ten in Chicago. I should mention, though, Oregon president, athletic director, and the Big Ten Commission were not involved in those discussions. Mm. Today, McMurphy goes on Paul Feinbaum's show with the quote on the Pac-12. They're going to lose four schools to the Big Ten, and then I think four schools out of the Pac-12 take a lifeline to go to the Big 12. Those four schools projected to head from the Pac to the Big 12, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado. Your thoughts? Okay, so first of all, is he putting Oregon State in the Big Ten? I'd assume it's Oregon and Washington, right? Okay, okay, that would make more sense. Okay. Um, I was trying to think of who he's putting as the fourth there. Oregon, Washington, obviously USC, UCLA. I could see it. Um, And then, yeah, I kind of like the idea of that that package of four taking, as he's calling it, the lifeline to the Big 12. And we just have to be honest about where the buffs are right now. If they can get on that ship, 
that's a good ship to Absolutely. get on. Absolutely. Um, you, you, what I've been telling people, and in, in, I like how you put it, like best case scenario for the buffs. So I'll just jump into what I think. Mm-hmm, sure. It starts with that. Um, the realistic path to staying relevant starts with getting to the tier three, whatever you want to call it. The third, you know, the I'm going to call it the third wheel conference. Right. You're going to have the SEC. You're going to have the Big Ten. Those are the super conferences, and then. You're going to have the Big 12, which I think is going to kind of, without whether they are going to be self-aware of this or not, is kind of going to be serving as like a development, or like a minor leagues right. for the Big 10 and the SEC to eventually pick whoever else they want out of that pool to finish with the two super conferences that are going to last, I think, a long time in college football. Yep. And for the Buffs, they're not in a position right now to get poached by the Big 10. Um, as much as, you know, I would love to say we are, as much as I would love to say, oh, there's this, that, and the other thing that makes sense, you know, you could point to like the rival, you could revive the rivalry with Nebraska, like little things like that. They're not there yet from a brand standpoint, certainly, and not from, and definitely not from a football quality standpoint, which is really all that matters to these places right now. Academically, they're there. Historically, they're there. Mm -hmm. You know, you could probably even point to a couple of the other sports where they could they could be a, a, a nice addition, but football's too far away. So, what you do, you try to jump on that boat, go to the Big Twelve, serve in the in the developmental league yeah. for a couple of years, and just hope that you kind of. I mean, that's the best we can do right now is hope that you catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe you you hit on a coach. Maybe for whatever you know, somehow Carl Durrell turns it around. And while you're over there two or three good seasons then when the next big swoop comes in like um you know in toy story the claw next yeah. time the claw drops yeah. down <laughs> instead of running away from it you're running towards it you right. hope you get picked up you're one of the lucky aliens that gets picked yes. up and gets to go home to a new family yes. um the interesting thing about this though especially with the big 12 is this conference is really starting to gain a national footprint uh, you have Cincinnati coming in, UCF, BYU. This conference is really starting to stretch across the country. And if you add some of these mountain schools, Utah, Arizona, and Colorado, I mean, the national you know weight that you're going to carry is going to be a bit more so than the ACC. And as the Big Ten has boldly put, they are not afraid to be a country nationwide conference. So mm-hmm. I think that's one of the advantages in the Pac-12 or in the Big 12 if you were to join that conference. Well, in your you're going to get your champion into the uh, college football playoff. Right. Like what's going to happen, I think. Now, you might have some down years where you don't get one in. But I think in most years you're going to get two SEC teams, the champion of the Big Ten, and then maybe the champion of the Big 12 if, if you have an undefeated team or a team that you know gets really close. There's definitely going to be years where it's two SEC, two Big, Big Ten, maybe three SEC, one Big Ten. But you're at least positioning yourself to whereas if you have a true champion, you know, like – BYU a couple years ago when they had that great run, if they had been doing that in a conference like the Big 12 at the time, you think that they get in, like they have that marketable guy in Zach Wilson, that right. whole thing. Um, you're putting yourself in a position to at least still be, comp- you know, theoretically competing for national championships. Right. I think another thing to take away from this too, we were at Power Six when the Big East was a big college football conference or before the really the death of the Big East. We moved to Power Five. Looks like the Pac-12 is going to be the next one to kick the bucket. The big takeaway I think I have is that now the math works out with the college football playoff. Mm. Four spots. Now you're ch- kind of moving to these four Power Four conferences in the Big Ten, SEC, Big 12, and ACC. 
And I think that's been part of the issue with college football over the last 10 years or so once the playoff was put in. The math just never really worked out. You were always going to have a conference left out. Yep. And that's really where this, I mean, cannibalization of college football started, where these conferences just started gobbling teams up. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And how about this? Four auto bids for the four conference winners and then four at-large teams. Let's let's do it. I mean, that, sounds that, great. that to me makes so much more sense. If Henry were here, he'd be pounding the table about how the FCS does it right <laughs> and football without playoffs is a joke. And I, I tend to lean towards like playoff football is the purest form of football. Absolutely. Uh, and we're missing out by only getting, you know, three games every year in the playoffs. Yep. And I think that's, I mean, it's been a big driving force. You've heard about playoff expansion uh, over the previous years, and it looks like we're just headed towards that direction. And with the NCAA kind of falling, it seems like you know college football as a whole is ripe for the taking by someone like ESPN and the college football playoff, a new kind of governing body to really run and make sure that everyone gets their, at least at this point, fair piece of the pie here. Yeah, and again, like you mentioned, the math. I mean, it, you couldn't do it right now as a four-team playoff where it's just the four champions get to go in because you're going to end up leaving out a Georgia. Right. Uh, because Alabama won. And, like, that's just silly. But I do think four, four conference champions and four at large, that fifth team maybe has a case, mm-hmm. but not really. Like, you weren't – in most cases, you weren't first or second in your – in, in one of the top four conferences, like you don't deserve to be in. Right. All right. Just to wrap it up then, you think the Big 12 is the best case scenario for CU? Maybe not joining the Mountain West or any of that? It's the Big 12? No. Um, you you have to avoid a demotion, for mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Sure. Like You've already been moving in the wrong direction, at least from a relevance standpoint. You can't go to, You cannot go to the Mountain West. Even though, you know, you could make the case of, well, what if you went to the Mountain West and you were a dominant program? You could kind of take the Utah path or the Boise right. State path. Um, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel likely. Um, so, like I said, go to the Big 12. You know, re-est- from a recruiting standpoint, that really opens up your recruiting footprint. Oh, yeah. um, you know, obviously, Texas has always been a big part of CU's success. So maybe you're back in Texas a little more. Um, California is still going to be involved in one way or another for CU recruiting, but you're kind of living on a prayer here. Get on that, get on that ship and hope that something turns for the better to whereas when the big final, you know, judgment day comes, you're on the right side of the the ledger. 100%. um, Realignment's a turbulent time. It's kind of surprising actually this has popped up again, but we'll keep on covering it through the CU lens and kind of see just what actually happens because no one really knows what's going to happen. Um, I don't have to tell you guys, but college football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. You can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DNVR. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. One per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. Restrictions apply. See, draft, see terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 
All right. A lot of betting going down this weekend. Oh, absolutely. It's time. It's finally time. Like the the summer is a long long stretch of like, oh, is there a baseball line I like tonight or is there a UFC or golf? Now it's just like, boom, we're back. Football, you know, at least what starting next or I guess 2 weeks from now we'll have football like 4 days a week. Oh yeah. And we'll just be we'll be out of the uh, out of the dark ages yeah. and back into the into the light. This is where we flourish, man. Yes, a hundred percent. All right. Uh, on this next segment, we're gonna play a couple games. First game, we're gonna do over and under here. Okay. Um, obviously, DraftKings doesn't have player under over under totals for college football, so I made some of my own, and I want to hear what you say about them. We're gonna start off with Alex Fontenot, uh, the leading rusher that's on this roster right now. I'm gonna set the over under for yardage here. At 875, his career high was 874 off 185 carries, 4.7 yards per gain in 2019, did not play in 2020, and only had 96 carries for 326 yards at 3.4 yards per carry in 2021. Are you going over or under 875? You really have 96 carries for three? Oh. Yeah. Um, okay, help me out here with the room. Who is he competing with for carries here? I know Deion Lewis is a part of this. Deion Smith. Or sorry, Deion Smith, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, who else? Jaylee Stacks is going to be another okay. back that sees a lot of rotation. And then Charlie Offerdahl, a freshman, is yes. going to be in the mix as well. Um, there might be another one or two freshmen. We'll save that for later, though. I got another segment planned. So Okay. What's interesting about Charlie Offerdahl is that if you just like saw him out there, you'd be like, oh, like vintage walk-on <laughs> who, you know, whatever. Um, white running back. Yeah, you know? wearing 44. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you talk to the high school football community around here, they're like, yo, that guy's an absolute freak. Just a beast. Like, expect him to play. I'm like, whoa, okay, that's a lot. Um, but then you see him every time he's been on the field, like saw him in the spring game, he made plays. The first scrimmage, he made plays. I don't know if he made plays when you were out there last weekend. Um, not necessarily, but okay. he was heavily in the rotation. They let Fontenot and Smith kind of take vet days, and it was a lot of stacks and offered all on that day. Fontenot is definitely the most well-rounded back you have here, I think, by a, a pretty wide margin. And to me, that's going to go a long way for him in terms of how much he sees. I think... It, there's going to be a hot hand effect where if Deion Smith starts popping runs, like he's a little, you know, more twitchy, a little more um, explosive, then he's going to, you know, get carries. But when Alex Fontenot was at his best, he was like a great slashing running back, really good vision, finishing runs, all that good stuff. So I'm going to say that he gets back to his old form, catches a little bit of fire. He's not, he doesn't have Jarek Broussard, you know, to fight for anymore. He can go back to being himself. I'm going to say he goes over. I'm going to say under, and just because of what we just talked about, the heavy rotation at running back, yep. I think you're going to see a lot, or at least two or three guys around the six, 700-yard mark. I think the running, running game in general is just going to be better for CU this year, and it's going to be a, more so of a group effort as opposed to one guy. I'll be really interested in Jaylee Stacks being used at all because – Every year we hear the same stuff coming into camp. Oh, he's you know he's versatile and he's different than all these other guys. You know, solid power back, and then he doesn't play when the season turns around. I think it sounds like he really is this year. It sounds like this is the staff that wants to use him. I just I haven't seen it yet, so I, I really want to see what he looks like when he contributes in that way. He was impressive in the scrimmage, and I think you're going to see him on the field with another running back also at times. Love that little nugget. I want to see that for sure. All right, next one. We're going to go to JT Shrout here. 
Uh, we have a Brendan Lewis one also, but JT Shrout over under 19 and a half touchdown passes this season. Taking the over would be the most touchdown passes for a okay. CU quarterback since Sefo Lufau in 2014. And then, yes, before that, I think it was there was even another large gap before that happened. It, yes. So I can't, I can't, I can't take the over. Huh. Um, I, I want to, I want to take the over for sure. But I mean, the crazy thing was like Steven Montez, who was a quarterback here for a while, maybe one of the more talented quarterbacks that's come through in a while. He never got to 20. Um, I want to see an offense that throws 20 touchdown passes. Um, but I feel like I would be lying to myself if I took the over. I, I, if I'm actually betting, I would be betting the under. I agree. I'm going to go under um, just with JT. We haven't really seen him in live game action from first quarter to fourth quarter. I just want to see how he kind of performs in those pressure situations before we start anointing him. Here. I also think there is a chance of, if this was fantasy football, um, Brendan Lewis being a touchdown hawk, meaning he comes in on the five-yard line, they're running QB power, and yep. that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Darrell's been noncommittal on naming a starter, so, I mean, that's definitely on the table to have both quarterbacks playing, I think. From what you've heard or what you, what the vibe you're getting, is this going to stretch all the way out until Friday morning next week? I wouldn't be surprised if we don't find out who the actual starting quarterback is until the offense is on the field, on the field. Friday night against TCU. I have a feeling that I'm going to be like, Five beers deep. Well, we have a golf tournament that morning, so I'll be like nine beers deep <laughs> and walking into the game, and then I'll I'll see on Twitter like JT Shroud is starting or something like that. Maybe. We'll see. 8 p.m. kickoff, though, man. Please pace yourself. Oh, that's, exactly. That's why I've got time for nine beers. <laughs> Excellent. Um, under Brendan Lewis, then, we're going to go to rushing yards here. He only had 188 yards rushing on 98 attempts last year, so I'm setting the over-under at 190.5 rushing yards. Kind of playing to that point you just made about a possible goal line situation. For Brennan Lewis. For Brennan Lewis. 190. So how many carries did you say he had last year? He had 98 attempts last year. And remember, this also accounts for sacks because that's how college football tracks sacks. I know. What are we doing? Uh, you got to get on the <laughs> statisticians, man. <laughs> like, how is that even a thing? How are we taking away rushing yards from quarterbacks? When they get sacked and counting that as a rushing attempt. That is straight out of the Stone Ages. Um, I'm going to say he goes over. I'm going to say he goes over. I think that what we talked about last time on the show is like coaches know what they're doing now. The Buffs can't afford for Brendan Lewis to transfer because then their quarterback depth is gone. Um, so they're going to keep him very involved early in the season. They're also going to take the, you know, the shackles off of him. Because they're not going to be quite as afraid to get him hurt. Again, you don't want him to get hurt. Right. I hope he doesn't get hurt. Let me touch wood. But you're not in the position you were last year, which was like, if Brendan Lewis gets hurt, we don't even know who's going in after yeah. him. Emergency quarterback situation. Yeah, or like there was like a walk-on from Rifle that people were talking <laughs> about. They're like, this guy, might, I think his name is like Jordan Wolverhampton or something. <laughs> um, like Wolverton, I think is what it really is. But he, you know... He, they can use him for what he does well, which is run the, you know, he's a dual threat quarterback. I think you're going to see a package in there for him. I think he ends up um, running for over 300, I'll say. Okay, nice. Um, Wolverton sounds like a school that was in like the first four of the NCAA tournament. That's like a 16 seed. Nice, yes. I'm thinking, uh, I said Wolverhampton, which is a literal English <laughs> Premier League team. So. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, I agree. I'm going to go over. I think that, I'd be very surprised if you just don't see Brendan Lewis on the field, and I think he will have a package, like you said. 
However, I do think there will be a point in the season where CU just has to decide who's your best quarterback and just kind of stick with them. Um, next one, one of the big transfers coming in, RJ Sneed from Baylor. We're going to go to receptions. We're going to set the line at 59.5. 46 receptions was his career high in 2021. Uh, for the Buffs, Visca and Tony Brown each had 56 in 2019, and of course, Visca had 86 in 2018. Would be the most since that 2019 season at 59.5. I feel like you set this high, but I'm still going to take the over. Love that. <laughs> um, to me, there's a well, well, first of all, it sounds like he's he's back practicing, he's healthy again, mm-hmm. uh, which is huge. Um, but to me, there's a pretty big gap in terms of what's the word i'm looking for um oh gosh sharpness mm-hmm. um in terms of like he's a finished product at right. wide receiver and there's a big gap between him and the next closest to him in terms of being a finished product at wide receiver and i think because of that he's going to be such a big part you know um you mentioned the the visca season but like you go back a couple years to nelson spruce who set the Pac-12 receptions record Right, because he was just so far and away the best receiver on the field that it was just like, hey, we're, we're going to him. They can't they can't cover him. Exactly. Um, so I think because of that, the ball isn't going to be spread around quite as much as you see in a lot of these college offenses, and he's going he's gonna to just eat. I agree. I'm going to go with the over also. I just think that you got to feed this guy, kind of like what you said. Um, he's easily the most talented receiver. And this team obviously lacked a down, downfield threat last season. And I think that's something that they're going to kind of feature early and often. I could totally see a situation, though, where this line is actually close, where we're, at, I don't know, going into the last game, maybe 55 receptions, because RJ Sneed is one of those guys that's like a five reception, 120 yard, and a touchdown type of player. Yeah. I mean, that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> I would love to see that. I do feel like, you know, even in down year, CU usually has one standout player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think. If I was setting odds on who's going to be that person, I would set RJ Snead as the favorite. He's going to be very fun to watch. Next guy, we're going to go to defensive side of the ball. Isaiah Lewis. Um, we're going to go to interceptions. Three and a half is the over-under. He only has two career interceptions, but both came last year. Also, many reports coming about, about in camp about his ability to create turnovers. Do you buy in? Hmm. You're setting at three and a half? Three and a half. I got to take the under. Um, only because it's just, there is a lot of skill involved in interceptions, but at the same time, there's a lot of luck involved as well. Right. And because of the luck factor, I'm just going to say like, that's too many bounces have to go his way for that to come true. Um, I do think he, he makes some great plays on the ball this year and, and helps create some turnovers. Um, but I'm, I don't think I can go for. It, it is a, a tad bit high, but I wanted to make it a little bit interesting. I think I'm going to take the under also. I would expect him, honestly, to have maybe a couple forced fumbles. I almost thought about making this a total turnover yeah. number. But, um, yeah, I'll go under on the three and a half. Last one here, Josh chandler Samedo, the transfer from West Virginia, playing middle linebacker, filling in that role where Nate Lamman left off. Over under 90 total tackles. His best was last season at 110 for West Virginia. Before that, though, he was hovering around the 60-70 range. So you've seen growth year over year, but can he get back to that level for the buffs? Yeah, um, taking the over um, by a lot. I think he ends up having the most tackles of his career this year. Love that. Um, So over 110, I think he's, you know, essentially, I think the defense is going to be trying to 
is going to try to funnel things towards him mm-hmm. um, and allow him to make plays um, as you know one of the more talented guys on this defense. So um, you know there are certain guys that just have a nose for the ball. He certainly is one of those guys, and I'm hearing really good things up there um, about just what he can do for this defense. It's really exciting because we talk. I think we talked about this last time, like. A certain attitude and a certain playmaking ability from your middle linebacker can change a defense. Oh, yeah. I think he could be that kind of guy for them. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go over. He's just a tackling machine. He showed out at the scrimmage last Saturday, and I think he's just going to have a very big role in this defense. Weird question. What number is he wearing? Oh, man. Um, I think he's in the 50s, but I... W- Okay. I can't remember. Off Sorry, that. I didn't mean to put you, you know on the spot. I think he actually might be a single-digit guy this year. Oh, see, that would be huge. That would be huge. That instantly adds like 10 tackles, <laughs> yes, exactly. right? exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, now I want to talk about Athletic Greens. Um, it's a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I'm the Buffs reporter now, and I just don't have time to really eat as healthy <laughs> as I would like to. Uh, so Athletic Greens is becoming in clutch. Athletic Greens has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, Whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Um, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/buffs. Again, this is that is athleticgreens.com/buffs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Huge right. news here! Breaking news! Oh no! Josh Chandler Tomato number eight. Yes. That's big news. Let's go. It's big news. Yep. Instantly pump him up 10, 15 tackles. Yes, exactly. He's Um, going for 125. Love it. (laughs) We're going to play another game here. This one's called Quote Hype Meter. Okay. So I've gathered quite a few quotes over the last week. I've picked out, I think, some of the most um, impactful, maybe just headline-worthy quotes. Okay. I'm going to remove the names from them and... Sort of changes the context, so you don't know who these quotes are about. I want you to guess who these quotes are about. Yikes, okay. And then I'll tell you who said it, and then I want you to rate on a scale of 1 to 10, how hype are you hearing this quote? Okay, so okay? I, I have to guess who said it, who is this about, and then give my rate. Just who it's about. I can give you oh, who okay. said it after okay. you guess. All right, sounds good. All right, this one says, at the end of the day, if I'm not here and I'm not with this program, this program is in much better shape than when I got here. It's ready to be built to win. So, sorry, if this one doesn't have someone being talked about, but who said this quote? Can you read it one more time for me? At the end of the day, if I'm not here and I'm not with this program, this program is in, a such, is in such better shape than when I got here. It's ready to be built on to win. Interesting. I'm going to guess Brady Russell. This is a Carl Durrell quote from today, actually. Wow. Yes. Uh, Interesting. What a what a thing to say. I know. So, what's the full context here? What was the question? What where was he going with this? So he was asked, "How is he balancing like this season's expectations with like the long term health of the program?" And so he got into about you know the life is short. Basically, you know, you never know what can happen. And if even if I'm not here after this year, he thinks that he built the program up to be better. That was, that's kind of the context of the whole thing. Interesting. That's, um, that's like, uh, that's, that's off alarms for me. Yeah. Which means like he, he, he doesn't exactly feel all that safe in his job. At least that's, that's what it's giving me. 
Okay. So then rate it on one to 10 for me, either from well, one being, I guess, not hype, 10 being insanely hype, take your shirt off, waving it over your head. <laughs> um, I'm going to say one. <laughs> okay. Um, next one here. Okay. So this one is about a player. I'm going to take out the player's name. Blank is a workhorse. He comes to work every single day. I've tried to model a lot of my game after him. He's such a good leader in our group because we all strive to be like him. Here's a big hint. I played with Tyler Linderbaum and he's right there with him. Who is this quote about? <laughs> this quote is about... Mm. Give me a... Give me a, a uh... Initial. Uh, first or last? Uh, last. R. Casey Roddick. Beautiful. Okay, well that done. was my first thought, but I was like, oh, I'm scared. Yeah, that is from Noah Fenske, um, the center, interior lineman, transfer from Iowa. Mm -hmm. So that's where the Linderbaum comparison comes in. How hyped does that make you? That's a six. Nice. Okay. Love to hear it. I mean, a lot of reports about the offensive line being better. So. Yes. I mean, that's going to be... The number one thing that unlocks this offense to another level is if those guys just play. I mean, the, the bar is so low. Mm -hmm. But even if they play the way they did after, you know, t whatever the tackling sled guy's name was left. <laughs> Mitch Rodriguez. Oh, <laughs> all right. Um, what did you give a, what did you say, six? Blocking sled, I should have said. Yeah, that was a six. Okay. Get ready to turn it up. Ooh, let's go. This one, blank a dog. I love blank. He looks good. He's doing a lot of really impressive things. Here's your hint as a freshman. He's a dog. I'm going to guess this is about Victor Venn. It is not. Okay. Would you like another guess? Yes. Uh, Jordan Tyson. It is not. Okay. Who is it? Owen McCown. Ah, that was my third guess. It really <laughs> was. It really was my third guess. Do you want to know who said it? Or guess who said it? Can you say it again? The quote one more time. Owen's a dog. I love Owen. He looks good. He's doing a lot of really impressive things as a freshman. It's a player. I'll give yep. you that. Okay. All right. That helps. I'm going to say that's uh, Brady Russell. Beautiful. Nice. Well done. Nice. Scale one to 10. How hyped does that make you? That makes me really hype. Um, I'm going to say that's an eight. Beautiful. All right. This last one. Get ready. All right. Here's the quote. He's a dog. He reminds me of, and I'm putting a lot on him. I'm raising the bar. But he reminds me of a guy I played with from 88 to 91. This is the name I want you to guess. Blank is right after that 88 to 91. Same stature, same physicality. They talk alike. They're both alpha dogs. They're hungry. They're smart. And they're not going to be denied because of their stature. When he gets the opportunity, you guys are going to see something special. Who is the blank from the 88 to 91 run that is being compared to right here? Hmm... Darian Hagen? It is not. Eric Bienemy. Eric Bienemy. Okay. Uh, do you want to guess who said the quote? I'm guessing Darian Hagen Darian said Hagen. the quote. Um, I'll just tell you who it's about. It's Anthony Hankerson, true freshman running back. Wow. 5'9, 190 pounds from St. Thomas Aquinas High School in Fort Lauderdale, mm -hmm. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, notable players from there are Elijah Moore, Nick and Joey Bosa, Asante Samuel Jr. So a lot of hype being built up around Anthony Hankerson. How wow. hype does that make you? That makes me really hype. Um, that's so interesting because I've heard um, similar comparisons being made between Victor Venn and Darian Hagen. Now, obviously, Darian Hagen was a quarterback, but right. he's essentially a running back. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and even the same things like down to they talk the same they act the same same mannerisms um so yeah there you go if we uh if we have a darian hagen eric Bieniemy backfield in a couple of years i'll be very hyped i'm gonna put that one at a nine love it um that's what i think you? i need a flip-flop i'm putting owen mccown at a nine okay and hankerson at an eight only because this is football and you can only go as far as your quarterback takes you. Well said. Um, that's kind of what my hesitation was on the Alex Fontenot over under is because, I mean, you have all these guys being mentioned that we talked about. And then of course this freshman running back and Victor Venn, who you also mentioned. So a yeah. lot of mouths to feed in that room should be an exciting running back room. Honestly, that's awesome. Uh, at the, running back is one of those ones too, where it feels like every college team feels like they're deep there. Yeah. There's so many good high school running backs. Um, but if you just get one of these guys to like pop, pop, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. if you think about it, this is a similar situation they were coming into in 2020. No one knew Jarek Broussard's name at that time. Then all of a sudden Jarek Broussard's going for over a hundred yards every game. And he Mm -hmm. went to PAC 12 player of the year, PAC 12 offensive player of the year, carries them to a bowl. It's always like, it's always one of those things. If you can get one of these running backs to pop off, if you get one of those wide receivers to really come into their own, like say Jordan Tyson becomes a great number two to R.J. Sneed or even Montana Lamonius Craig or one of those guys, Daniel Arias finally pulls it all together and mm-hmm. becomes the um, freak that he could be because of his physical stature. That makes a big difference, and that can those you know in, in college football, if you especially if you have the quarterback to to help guide you, that can take you a really long way. One player can take you a really long way. Right. Um, just I'm super excited about this running back room. I can't wait to watch them week one against TCU. This is going to be I mean, I don't really know who to expect to even be the first running back out there, but I wouldn't be surprised if in the first quarter you have three, four guys that have taken carries. I wouldn't be surprised either, and it's probably – so I'm anti that in general. Um, I believe get get your bell cow mm-hmm. and then get your, you know, breather back right. and ride them. It's, not, it's very uncommon in college football, mm-hmm. um, but – I Every running back I've ever talked to, I've literally never talked to a single running back who said, like, yeah, like, I like to be fresh and rotate and right. out. They're like, no, I need to get a rhythm by being out there for several carries in a row, several series in a row, start to get a feel for the way, you know, the defensive line is moving and all that stuff. So I'm anti that, but I also understand you're kind of – there's a lot of unknowns in that room. Mm-hmm. You're kind of hoping to have one guy separate himself in an actual – game setting exactly and like what you said it's kind of a, a college football ism to just have that one bell cow back it's more of an nfl thing really when you get into the rotations and just overall running back room want to talk about breckenridge brewery real quick breckenridge brewery is the official beer of dmvr beers on tap and regular seltzers are being sold in the bar not right now but soon right very soon very very soon love to hear that you guys know we love our breck brews here at dnvr uh, try out some of the favorites, including Good Company Hard Seltzers and Lemonades, uh, the Avalanche Amber Ale, Vanilla Porter Jr. Uh, check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com to find a beer near you. All right, RK, we're going to start to wrap it up, but we have actual games to talk about, man. Ooh. Week zero. Um, I told you before the show, it's Bill Simmonsism of this is probably just a bunch of poop fecta games. Yes. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I, it's, I, I'll take this over preseason NFL all day. Oh, easily. 100%. I think I picked out three. They might make the barely watchables list, though. I mean... Well, okay. For the Maybe for the average person. It's all exactly. watchable for us. Exactly. 
The first one, though, relevant to this pod, Nebraska at Northwestern. Yes. 10.30 a.m. Saturday. The game is being played in Dublin, Ireland. Nebraska is 13-point favorites. Northwestern plus 400 on the money line. I love how we're like, yeah, we want to market our game to uh, you know other cultures and, and countries. Let's give them the 10 a.m. Big Ten <laughs> snoozer. Right. What kind of slap in the face is that to the good people of Ireland? Um, give me Northwestern with the points. Um, Scott Frost is flexing about making players puke. Yep. Um, what a, I mean, he, we already knew he was an idiot for a long, long time. <laughs> but, man, does he sure uh, take every chance he can to remind us. A lot of Nebraska hate on the Buffs podcast this week uh, <laughs> because of that quote. So we're soaking it up. I agree, though. I'm going to take – I would take Northwestern plus 13 – I just don't believe in Nebraska that much at this point. How could I know, you ever n- believe in Nebraska? I mean, that's a great point in general. At least in, at least in the Scott Frost era where all they've done is underachieve at every turn. Or right. maybe just achieve normally, but because their, uh, uh, their fans are delusional, they underachieve. Agre- agreed. Um, real quick, does he make it out of this season as the head coach in Nebraska football? So you're saying, is he the head coach of the last game, or is he the head coach a week after the last game? All right, I'll ask you this. Week two next year, the Buffs play Nebraska. Is Scott Frost the coach for that game? No. Okay. No, he will not be the coach, and he will end his uh, head coaching career 0-2 against the Buffs. Ooh, beautiful. <laughs> All right, um, next game on the list. Again, man, this is, this is tough. Wyoming at Illinois at 2 p.m. Um, in Champaign. Uh, the Illini are 11-point favorites. Wyoming is plus 330 on the money line. So this is where you're going to start um, seeing what I'm talking about here. I'm actually considering – I don't do this much. I'm considering a round-robin underdog parlay okay. of just all these underdogs because I feel like you're getting poor programs that are heavily favored. Mm-hmm. Um, Illinois is a poor program. Yep. Uh, Nebraska is a poor program. And – I like I would never give a Illinois eleven points. I don't care who they're playing. <laughs> um, so give me you know uh, give me Wyoming in eleven. Um, you know that's a team that's had the same head coach for a while. They've got a system. Mm-hmm. They kind of like to play like Smash Mouth. You know what you would expect for a windy, cold place. Right. Football. I think they. Uh, I think they play Illinois close. I might even take the money line. I one hundred percent agree, man. Uh, Wyoming finished with a better record than Illinois last year for one. And for two, I mean, as you said, this Wyoming team is really gritty, um, sound on defense. And Illinois, I just is there anything that scares you and on either side of the ball about Illinois? 11 points, just way too much. Uh, the final one I picked out here, again, kind of a, a weird line, I think, but it's Nevada at New Mexico State. Nevada only nine-point favorites. New Mexico State plus 270 on the money line. This is an 8 p.m. kickoff. Remember, this is the Jay Norvell-less, Carson Strong-less, Romeo Dubless uh, Nevada Wolfpack. I'm not confident in them at all. Now, you also remember Jay Norvell was in there doing a good job recruiting. It's not like they have no one in the tank behind those guys. But again, I've taken the nine points for the New Mexico State Aggies. Really? Yep. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm a Lobo, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just I, I can't do it, man. I got to go with Nevada minus Respect. nine. Respect. Um, yeah, I think it actually could be ugly because New Mexico State has been an awful football program for as long as I could remember. Yeah, so what I'm banking on is there is going to be at least two big upsets in this whole slate. Um, 
So I don't know if you're familiar with the round robin parlay, but basically the way it works is every combination of the teams you pick gets mm-hmm. parlayed together. So if you pick five teams, every two, every three, every four, every five, or I guess one five, mm-hmm. I'm taking every underdog. I absolutely And love I'm that. putting it into a round robin parlay. You only sprinkle a little bit on each, you know, combination. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking like, like, UConn beating Utah State. Again, that is a 27-point line. UConn is one of the worst programs. But this is Utah State we're talking about. Exactly. I'm not a powerhouse by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, weird things happen in week one. I'm going to bank on it. I'm going to bank that it's them. It's Hawaii beating Vanderbilt. Again, we're talking about Vanderbilt being an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Traveling to the island. On the island. The worst scheduling thing you can ever do is playing week zero at Hawaii. Um, the only teams that do it are teams that are in financial distress because you get to literally the NCAA made a special exemption. If you play Hawaii at Hawaii, we'll give you an extra home game. So mm-hmm. Vanderbilt will play a 13 game schedule this year. They get a free home game. It's the only reason why you play this game because everyone knows it's a terrible idea. Right. They're giving, they're giving nine or eight and a half points to Vanderbilt. One of the worst programs in the country. Yeah, I there can't are going to be that. some upsets on this day. Absolutely, there's going to be upsets early and often. I think in this college football season, do you including Buffs, ten and a half point dogs at TCU. Absolutely love that. We'll get to more of that next week. Do you have any thoughts on North Carolina versus Florida A and M by any chance? When is that? Uh, that is at six fifteen on uh, Saturday. Also, why is that not on my? There's no lineup for that. At least on my DraftKings. What about... I saw Charlotte at Florida Atlantic, which <laughs> is close to what you said. Florida Atlantic, seven-point favorites. Who you got? Yeah, give me the Owls. Those are the, that's the one favorite that I want. Let's go. Um, honestly, I think that's all the lines that we have here. Uh, yeah, but there is... I, I, I was just looking a little bit ahead, obviously, to that TCU. Again... TCU is not a good football team last year. They're Mm-mm. they're getting ten and a half here. What really kind of surprised me is the over at, over under at fifty five. We'll talk more about this next week. Sure. Don't you think that's high? Yeah, for two teams that are pretty unsure about their quarterback situation, that was yeah. one of the big developments that reports came out of TCU that Sonny Dykes is three quarterbacks he's deciding between and has no timetable to announce a starter. So. Are any of them like? notable names that we would know from like oh they transferred from a big program well max duggan's the returning starter if you remember watching them last year and then i think the other guy i don't know the third but the other guy is chandler morris i believe was a oklahoma recruit who transferred out in 2019 okay i don't know again i don't know who the third guy is we could be completely surprised by this yeah uh, i saw a funny person on twitter so one thing you'll learn about cu football is that um backup quarterbacks own us um but only once if they come in after the game has started ah so it's like some team has like this starter that they're confident in right Mm -hmm. then he goes down and you're thinking like oh this has got to be a good thing for the buffs the backup will go off so this scares me uh, that they're going to be rotating quarterbacks. It could also be a great thing for CU, too. I mean, it, it, it could. Yeah. In all seriousness, the fact that they're deciding between three and they don't have separation going into week one. Now, again, always keep in mind the transfer thing. They're trying right. to fight against the transfer. Um, but from an over-under standpoint, I think like 24-21 feels like a very realistic score for this game. And this, Absolutely. That's, 
this is a whole 10 points over that. Sure. And with just all the reports of CU kind of buying into this smash mouth offense, really emphasizing running the football. I mean, time is going to be running off the clock. Drives are going to be long. Um, you will get in more. We'll get way more into it next week. Uh, Allie, do we have anything in the chat before we head out? Just a shout out to the homie uh, Michael Harrison for interacting and joining us today. Appreciate it, Michael Harrison. Thank you, everyone who is tuned in and listening to the DMVR Buffs podcast. We will be back on Friday, and then next week we get into game preview for week one of the college football season. Take care, guys. Thank you.